0: WTF One presents Hot Takes Wednesday. Welcome back to Hot Takes Wednesday. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. It's the show with your hot takes and our even hotter opinions. And joining me in the guest host chair again is Miss Hannah Atkinson. Hello, Hannah. How's it going?
1: Hello, I'm doing so great. How are you, Dre?
0: Busy. Um <laughs> yes, <aren't we> all? <laughs> busy, tired, um, setting up for, for the Hungarian Grand Prix this weekend, um, and dealing with floods of Instagram DMs. I'll get to <laughs> the reason why very, very shortly. But um, yeah, we've we've been ironing out a lot of stuff. I just wanted to say real quick as well before we get going. Last week's episode of Hot Takes Wednesday was the most listened to show since I've joined WTF1. Woo! App- apparently nearly 25,000 of you have listened to it. So thank you um, so much for that. I can't possibly imagine why um, off the back of two weeks ago, why so many people would be extra keen to listen to this show. <laughs> but I have to. I have something to address. Now, as I mentioned last week, Um, to clarify one more time, because I've still got on a bunch of people DMing me me on Instagram saying, Dre, where's my McLaren shirt? Um, to clarify one more time, the person that sent in the take was called F1F1 account. I said to them and them only, if Norris got on the podium, I would send them a t-shirt. Now, um, unfortunately, I think a lot of people got the wrong end of the stick on this one. (laughs) (laughs) it happens. I can understand it in a podcast. Maybe only half heard it. I promise you, I edit these shows. I only ever said to the one person that I get them a shirt. However, because I am a generous person or I'd like to think I am, here's what I'm going to do. This is a competition. So one lucky listener will get a Lando Norris McLaren shirt sent to them in their size. Of course, Uh, At random. So here's how this is going to work. There's a competition question. All you have got to do is answer the question correctly and then email me. um, And hey, I'll put all the names in a pot and one lucky winner will get a Lando Norris t-shirt. I hope that's a fair compromise in the grand scheme of things. So here's the competition question. And listen closely. Including the 2023 British Grand Prix, the certain race that I may or may not have put a bet on. So, including the 2023 British Grand Prix, how many podiums has Lando Norris had in his F1 career? One more time. Including the 2023 British Grand Prix, how many podiums has Lando Norris had in his F1 career? So, once you figure out that answer... Email me. My name is Andre.Harrison at WTF1.com. It's my full name, not the nickname. Andre.Harrison at WTF1.com. I will put my email in the description of this episode as well. Email me. put Put the subject line as Norris shirt and then send in the answer in your email. Everybody that sends in an email before... 11.59 UK time on Sunday, July 23rd will be entered. So you've got until literally the last minute of this week. (laughs) So 11.59 PM UK time, anything after that will not count. Please do not DM me on Instagram with a competition entry. Email me. I want them all in the same place. It makes it a lot easier for me to organize. So one more time, including the 2023 British Grand Prix, how many podiums has Lando Norris had in his F1 career? Um, so once you get the answer to that, email me, andre.harrison at wtf1.com, subject line being Norris Shirt, and send me the answer. Deadline, Sunday, 23rd, 11.59pm, UK time. The very best of luck. So, For all you new listeners that have come in, because as I always say, every podcast is someone's first, you, the fine WTF1 audience, uh, sends in your hot takes, whether it be via Twitter, because we put a tweet out every Monday morning for your hot takes. Now, as I said before, you can dm me on twitter and instagram as well because again i don't mind um dre underscore wtf1 on twitter dre wtf1 on instagram you can message me there as well if you want to take to something just make it clear it's a take for hot takes wednesday and it's absolutely fine um whether it be via email or instagram however you want to get a hold of us let us know so when you send in your take we will put them on the show and then me and my guest will uh Go through them and then we'll score them on a scale of one to five. One being that we seriously disagree with the take and five being that we seriously agree. Hannah, shall we do it?
1: Let's do it. I'm ready.
0: Let's do it. Welcome to Hot Takes Wednesday. Take number one comes from Don Corello on Twitter. And Don Corello says at least three other teams will win races by the end of the year. Brackets. Red Bull lack of wind tunnel time
1: hmm
0: i see what you've done there so you think that <laughs> you think their cost cap penalty of 2022 will come back to bite them a little bit at least three other teams will win races by the end of the year Anna, how are you feeling about this one
1: i mean as you can see dre i'm, I'm shaking my head surely not <laughs> <laughs> if that happens i'm not going to make any promises like you dre i'm not going to send out any t-shirts But (laughs) I will be incredibly shocked if we get three different teams, not including Red Bull, to win a race. If you look how dominant Red Bull are now, the likelihood that both Red Bulls are out of the picture for another team to win is so low that it happening three times is just off the cards for me. I think, you know, people say Red Bull could win every race, and I think that's definitely possible. But I do think it's likely that we might see one race where Mercedes or Ferrari scrape a win um sometime in the rest of the season, but it happening three times, I'm just not sure. I, I think the gap between Rebel and the rest of the field is too big that even if it is closed, it's still not possible.
0: My thoughts on this has changed over the last few weeks. And mm. the reason and the reason why it's changed is because Sergio Perez is not the safety net that I thought he was going to be at the start of this season. And that is a problem because instead of it being likely you would need shenanigans to happen to both Red Bulls in order for someone else to win a race. Now I'm thinking there's a better chance you may only need something to happen to just Verstappen's car. And it might open the door for somebody else to win. For those not keeping score at home, Sergio Perez has missed the last five Q3s. Um, and Also,
1: he did last year in Hungary. So, you know, mm. maybe it will happen again this
0: weekend. Right. So that like that losing of a safety net makes it a lot more vulnerable for a second team to win. It also depends on what Red Bull want to do in terms of their car updates, because last year Red Bull shut it down after the summer break. It didn't matter. They won nine out of the last 10 races after the summer break last year. Anyway, only George Russell's win in Brazil was the only race Red Bull didn't win in the second half of last year. Red Bull... It depends how they want to play it. They could shut down the development early if somebody else keeps trying to push the envelope. Maybe, like we saw at the back end of last year, someone like Mercedes could come along and steal one. Um, Funny things happen in this sport. Three other teams, though, can't get there on that one. I think, like... The way it's going, I I don't feel so strongly about Red Bull winning every single race this year, because like I said, Perez has underperformed compared to expectation. And that that opens the door a lot more for Red Bull to not go winless, is what I would say. But I, I can't get there with three other teams winning, mostly because the midfield is a bar fight. Right now. Like for like Ferrari have had podiums this year. You know, Mercedes have had times like they've got the second best car. Aston Martin have had for the majority of the season have had the second best car. And then at Silverstone, McLaren just came into the bar and hit Mercedes with a steel chair. Um, so like we don't know what the state of the midfield is week to week. It's genuinely quite fascinating. Um if you take out for Max Verstappen, like this is a great season, we we don't we don't know what's going to happen going on weekend to weekend, you know. So uh, a part of that is interesting to me, but I, I ultimately can't get there with the idea that three other teams are going to win races by the end of the year. If you said one, I'd have said probably a five.
1: Me too. Me too. If you
0: if you said two other teams, I'd probably knock that down to a three. But with three other teams, I've got to go one here, unfortunately, because like I, f- I don't think Red Bull will run the table anymore. Something will happen to Max's car at some point this year. there will be hit on a lap one incident. There'll be some racecraft-related crimes that might take place or something along those lines, or a reliability issue, maybe a bad strategy, maybe a botched pit stop. We've had many of those in F1 that can potentially upset the balance of a race. I think that is actually reasonably likely um, because we still have 12 races to go this season, but I I can't think that anyone else other than Red Bull is going to win three out of the last 12. That's that's how I look at it. So I've got to say one here, unfortunately, Don. How do you feel, Hannah?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a one for me too. I think even if we get three races where a team other than Red Bull win, the likelihood is that it might be ferrari will be two of those or mercedes will be two of those so three separate teams winning i just think is 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 not possible so it's it's a one for me well everything's possible i always say it's not possible but it is uh just not likely
0: i i agree with you on that one i i just can't get there on three different teams i, I if it was one maybe even two i'd be a lot more likely to agree with you um on that one don Take number two comes from Crick Addict Ninad on Twitter. I hope you pronounced your name right there. I think he likes cricket. Just want just to <laughs> throw that out there. Um, so do I. So you're in the right place. Um, his take reads: Sonoda will score more points than Danny Rick, but in 2024, Danny Rick will be in a Red Bull.
1: There's wow. like two, two hot takes in one there, kind of.
0: <laughs> yeah, a two-pronged attack on this one. One more time. Sonoda will score more points than Daniel Ricardo. But in 2024, Ricardo will be in a Red Bull. Could you imagine, given last week's news, that we were going to get some either Red Bull, Alpha or Daniel Ricardo related takes this week? Who the (laughs) fought?
1: I know. It's crazy, right?
0: (laughs) I know. It's it's so unfathomable. I'll tell you how I feel about this one, uh, Ernie Nad, first and foremost. Me. I think there is a decent chance Sonoda scores more points than Ricardo. I think Sonoda has genuinely driven very well this year for the most part. I think he's had far more good days than bad this year. It's a bit of a shame that Nick DeFries has lost his job early, because I think it kind of brings a lot of Sonoda's season into question. Because, well, the only real yardstick you've had is Nick DeFries and the team thought, well, you're not good enough after 10 races. Let's get rid of you. So it's it's harsh. And it kind of it, it will make people think: is Sonoda performing better because the freeze has been so bad? Or is it because Sonoda's genuinely improved? I think bringing Ricardo in is going to be a very interesting test for Sonoda um, for the rest of the season. I think there's a good chance Sonoda scores a point or two more than Ricardo over the course of the year. Now, does that mean they promote Ricardo straight away? to Red Bull next year regardless, this is where I've got a problem with the other half of this take. I don't think they're going to move on from Sergio Perez at the end of the season. I think they'll let Perez see out his contract because he's tied up for this year and next year till the end of 2024. Um, And I think maybe there'll be more of a conversation next year about that when Perez is out of his contract because that means they would have to buy Perez out most likely to get either get rid of him altogether, or swap him back around again. And I don't, I don't know if Sergio Perez will accept driving an Alpha Tauri. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I mean, anything is possible in the Red Bull umbrella, personally. But I think that I don't think they're going to be so hasty to put Ricardo in the main seat again straight away. But how do you look at it all, Hannah? Because it's it's, it's a multi pronged way of looking at it.
1: Yeah, there's there's lots of factors that go into this. I mean, it's definitely possible that Sonoda outscores Ricardo. Sonoda has been performing well, like you said, and he's had that experience of being there for a, a couple of years now. And with Ricardo coming in mid season after some time off, I can see it taking him, taking him a little while to get to grips with the car. Of course, meaning, you know, Sonoda might outscore him this season, but that doesn't mean that Ricardo isn't doing well, even if he is outscored, he could still be driving really well, given his circumstances of being off and brought back, a car he doesn't really know very well. Um, and Red Bull could still see this and want him back next year. But it's I'm kind of similar to you, Jay, on this, where it's like, well... The thing is, I find it hard to see Red Bull getting rid of Perez. I think he's one of the better teammates to Verstappen that Red Bull have had in recent times. And for right now and in 2024, I think it might be just too ridiculous to swap him out for Daniel Ricciardo next mm. year. Um, I think it would be be too soon. And, and having said that, I didn't see... Ric- ricardo coming back and now here he is so it's not impossible
0: (laughs) Um, i was was always in the camp that liam lawson would get the opportunity for the rest of the season as red bull's reserve driver if mm. they got rid of the freeze early because he's been in that position for the last two years at red bull and they still haven't promoted him yet he's out there in japan racing in super formula right now he's a genuine title contender in super formula right now he's doing an excellent job out there they did because it's not the first time they've done that at Red Bull. They did it with Pierre Gasly as well when he won the GP two title. They put him for a year in Super form, a bit of first. It was like a, I think they look like it's like it's a finishing school for their <laughs> yeah. for their for their academy drivers before they put them in an F one seat. Like that's what I always thought. Every impression that I got said that Lawson was going to get that gig. However, I've also had to talk about this on Twitter a lot with uh, fans of the show. So thank you as ever. Um, the the thing that intrigues me about this is that and this is my perspective in general. They've got a free roll of the dice with Ricardo. Like Red Bull has pretty much won both championships already. They have nothing to lose right now, um, barring an unholy miracle. Red Bull will win both championships. They know Liam Lawson is good, and they know they can put him in at the end of the season, give him a full off season, get him ready to go for next year if they really want to. You've got Daniel Ricardo. He's clearly hungry. You're rebranding the entire Alpha Alpha Tauri team at the end of the season anyway, because amazingly, people don't want to buy 300-pound jumpers. Uh, (laughs) Not not in this economy. Um, So the whole team's being rebranded. Daniel Ricciardo is a marketer's wet dream. He's one of the most marketable, likable, personable drivers in F1 on a team that's getting rebranded. Commercially, it makes a lot of sense to put Ricardo back in for the end of the year just to see where he's at. If he's good, it might become a situation where you've got a genuine competition for that Red Bull second seat for 2025, maybe. And I think that's what Christian has said. I think that's been the general vibe is that not for 24, but maybe for 25 in a year and a half's time, there might be a competition for that second Red Bull seat as a potential weakness in that, in that whole setup. But, I don't think it will happen this year. If you said, Nina, that this would be for 2025, I would say four. With that in mind, I'm going to say two, because you said 2024. I don't think they'll promote Daniel Ricardo this soon. I think if it was to happen, I think it would be at the end of next year's season, when they've got a better idea of how Ricardo is, whether they fully evaluated Perez, he'll be out of contract at the end of next season. I'm going to say two. On this one, I I I I think there is a good chance Sonoda does outscore Ricardo. I think there is a genuinely good chance of that. I just don't think they'll promote Ricardo early, so I'm going to say two overall on this one. How about you, Hannah?
1: I'm going to be annoying and give it a three because I, ah. I I agree that Sonoda I do think he might score more than Danny Rick this year, but I don't think he'll be in the seat. So I agree with one half the take and disagree with the other. So I have to put it in the middle.
0: That's fair enough. That That, that is as viable a reason to go free as ever. I know somebody sent me a great tweet last week saying um, like, is my hot take for Hot Takes Wednesday. Dre uses the number three rating more than he thinks he does. And I was just like, <laughs> well, damn, I've been outed. Um, <laughs> um I've, I'll, I'll tell you another little secret. I've tried very hard over the time I've been on this show to not use the three, if I can help it. But as I've developed into this role, I've kind of loosened my stance on it. If for no other reason, then sometimes it's okay to sit on the fence if you don't know. More <laughs> pundits should say, I don't know. It's healthy. <laughs> don't yeah. pretend to talk stuff <laughs> you don't know about. So I've always said, you know what? I'm okay with the three a little bit more. So I'm not I'm not judging you, Hannah. The audience might do. I'm gonna I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> That's
1: fine. I, I'm willing to take it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> take number three comes from LXLTP11 on Twitter. I know it's a very, it rolls right off the tongue, that username. Um, NXLTP11, who sent in a tweet that says, this is an interesting one, actually. One of the McLaren boys will take Checo's seat. Piastri and Norris will end up challenging each other and the team will have to pick a first driver. The other will be jilted and leave for Red Bull. Maybe not now, but by the end of 2024. That's a big one. That's fascinating. Wow. Okay. One more time. One of the McLaren boys will take Checo's seat. Piastri and Norris will end up challenging each other and the team will have to pick a first driver. The other will be jilted and leave for Red Bull. Maybe not now, but by the end of 2024. How's that one sinking with you, Hannah?
1: Well, the, the first part that says one of the McLaren boys will take Checo's seat. Yes, I think so. I agree. I'm not too sure on the second part. I think that Norris has probably been on Red Bull's radar for a long time. And if not Red Bull, another top team, but I think Red Bull's probably one of the most likely ones. Um, And I I think at some point, whether that's at the end of 24 or 2025, he probably will end up there. We've just talked about Daniel Ricciardo in that seat though. And Mm. now that he is back in the picture in a seat, I feel like that is more likely, but before, like last week without, any of us knowing that he would be in that Red Bull, uh, in the alf Tauri, sorry. I didn't really think it was possible. So Norris, for me, was the the likely candidate. Yeah, so that's fair. if we're just going from Ricardo won't be in that seat, uh, I think Norris could, could possibly be there. I'm not sure that it would be between Norris and Piastri, though. I, th- I think Norris has been sinned by Red Bull for such a long time that it would take a lot for Piastri to completely steal that from him. And right. Piastri and Norris are actually more on par than I thought that they would be going into this season. But even if they do have a really tight battle and are challenging each other, I think it's way too soon for Piastri to go into that Red Bull, even next year. And I think Red Bull know that too. I think having... uh, Norris still seems like one of the young drivers, and he is in the grand scheme of things, but he has been in Mm. F1 for four years now.
0: Yeah, this is year five for Norris. He's only 23.
1: Yeah. And it's just, I think that experience is so valuable That Red Bull, they've had more time to see Norris develop into the driver he is. They've had more time to see what an actual talent he is. And I think that they wouldn't just swap that to Piastri just because they're challenging each other, you know.
0: I agree with pretty much everything you said, Hannah. (laughs) That that, 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 that doesn't happen often. That doesn't happen often.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. No,
0: I 100% (laughs) agree. I think... I think Lando Norris is still the clear number one best midfielder in Formula One. And if there was someone who was knocking on the door for a top end seat, I think Norris is at the front of the queue. I I still stand by this and look, do not get me wrong. Oscar Piastri has been excellent this season. He has been excellent. He's been, he has been exactly what McLaren would have asked for in Piastri. And that is run closer to Norris. Than what Ricardo was doing at McLaren a lot in the two years that they were there together. Um, so, yeah, like I think Piastri has done everything that's been asked of him so far since he's been in F1. He's not Lando. <laughs> I, Piastri would have to start regularly beating Norris week in week out for me to start thinking he was going to jump him in the queue. And Piastri is immensely talented, but he's not at Lando Norris's level yet. I do think there is a possibility that Norris will end up in a Red Bull. I think there's been too much smoke around his name and Christian Horner trying to get him at certain points for me to think that there is no smoke there, especially given there was a picture that dropped last week of his agent being sat around a table with Helmut Marco. Now, a lot of people said that was that was to do with Zayn Maloney. I don't buy it. Um, <laughs> I, I'd be startled if that wasn't in the conversation at some point. Like, Red Bull are the best team in Formula 1 now. Lando Norris has done five years at McLaren now, or four and a half technically, but this is his fifth season at McLaren. They're a good team. They're not a great team. They've actually slipped down the order a fair amount in recent years. They've, they've sunk back into the midfield when they were actually a bit stronger two or three years ago. Um, and Norris, I think, is good enough to win races and potentially win a championship under the right car. Um I don't think McLaren has a a one-two policy, driver-wise. I don't think they've needed to have one, because I think Norris, since Carlos Sainz left the team, he's been their guy. Ricardo wasn't good enough to entertain the conversation, if I'm being completely blunt about their time at McLaren together. And while Piastri's been good, I don't think he's challenging Norris every week where it's like, oh, hang on, we might have a driver dilemma here about who our lead guy is. Um, I don't think it's like that between those two of them. And maybe it will be in a year or so's time if Piastri improves further and, you know, he's able to start, you know, racking up some really big performances, maybe. But um, I don't think we're at that point yet, is is how I look at it. So um, I would say two. I say two because, hey, there is an outside chance that Piastri improves and Norris ends up in a Red Bull, which would technically make a good chunk of your take correct. So, I would say two. I'm not going to go one on this one. I'm going to say two. I don't ultimately agree with it, but I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Norris in a Red Bull for 2025. I think that is certainly something that's on the table. Um. so I'm going to say two how about you Hannah?
1: It's also a two for me I think that a lot of the take could happen Um. Uh. but I just think that the part of the take where it says the team having to pick a first driver and stuff I just think that Norris is always going to be that until he leaves so I think it's a two for me
0: I like it I like it. Um, Okay. Yeah. But again, fantastic take. I do love that one. That really got me thinking. So I am all for that. Love that. Uh, Take number four comes from the land of Instagram. And uh, forgive me if I pronounce your name incorrectly, but uh, Z Albuquerque Valley on Instagram. uh, Forgive me if I got that wrong. um, Sent me a uh, take on Instagram and it it reads, and it reads as, as such. Hi, Dre. Love the show. Thank you. Here's my take for HTW. Felipe Drogovic gets a seat for next season. He was incredibly dominant last year in F2, and all of a sudden everyone stopped talking about him. He definitely deserves it for me, and I could see him replacing Joe, Sargent, or maybe a seat at AlphaTauri. Cheers. Mm. Thanks, Z. Eh? P- p- appreciate that one, and thanks for the kind words. Um, so Drogovic to get a seat for next season, incredibly dominant in F2 and all of a sudden people stop talking about him, can see him replacing Joe Sergeant, or maybe gets an Alpha Tower receipt, depending on how that chaos breaks down. <laughs> um, what'd you make of that one, Hannah?
1: Yeah, I think Dragovich's performances were definitely good enough to get him an F1C. I think there were so many rookies that started the season, it just didn't quite work out. And uh, I think it could have easily have gone a different direction. It's not really a case of, is he good enough for me? It's where would he go where there's an opportunity there? Right. Um, it's in the hot take, it mentions Alpha Tari. Now, this would be interesting. At first, I thought, no, Daniel's just been signed. I don't think Sonoda is going anywhere. But if Ricardo really outperforms Alpha Tari and rebels, snatch him up for 2024, which I don't think is going to happen, like we've discussed today on this episode. Mm-hmm. But if it did happen, there could be an opening. But then your mind goes to the Liam Lawson. If a space, uh, arrives at Tari, I think that's his. I think it's it's not been his too many times for it to now not be his again. Right. Um. So I think that Tari probably isn't likely for for Dragovic. I mean, if you look at the other things mentioned in the the hot take, Joe. I think Joe is staying at Alfa Romeo. I think he's uh performing well, and I I think that they have no reason to get rid of him right now. Um. Maybe maybe sergeant seat in the Williams. I think. I don't think Sargent's been performing overly badly. I don't. I don't think um, so either. So I think that it would be a stretch to to not have him come back for a second year. I think it would be a surprise to see both uh DeVries and Sargent uh lose their seat in 2023. Um so it's a tough one. It that I feel like you'd have to just list all the drivers who either haven't been performing or contracts have ended or contracts will end at the end of the season, and then look at who's next to replace them, because I feel like every driver right now has a backup of a backup. So right. it's it's a hard one, and I just right now don't see an opening, although I'd love to see it for Dragovic.
0: Here's how I look at it. Felipe Dragovic, there's a problem with Felipe, and I'll get to the problem in a minute. The problem is, is that, one, he was a year three Formula 2 champion. <laughs> Year 3 drivers, generally speaking, aren't smiled upon like people that can win the F2 championship in two years or less. Mick Schumacher was a two-and-done guy. Oscar Piastri won it as a rookie, uh, for example. And yes, there's some elements to, that come into play, like the the lottery nature of having Mechachrome as an engine supplier in F2 and um, driver academies and politics and timing. These things are all very, very important when it comes to silly season, driver markets, all of that. Felipe Drogovic won that F2 title. Yes, he dominated it, but he also didn't have a driver academy in the first place until right at the end of last year, and he joined Aston Martin's driver academy. He was the first name they signed to that academy. And if you look at Aston Martin's situation, they have Fernando Alonso, who's been one of the drivers of the year so far, and Lance Stroll, who is pretty much unmovable barring <laughs> something catastrophic happening in Aston Martin board of directors I've joked about on this show before. So if there was one academy that I would have said to Felipe Drogovic, do not join, in regards to if you want an F1 seat or not, I likely would have said Aston Martin. That's the one place I'd have been like, bad place to be. Because I think you're absolutely right, Hannah, when you look at the rest of the... Driver market situation, um, because you look at you look at Alfa Romeo for example. Joe Guan Yu I think has been a lot closer to Valtteri Bottas this year than he was last year. I don't see a big reason Alfa Romeo move on from one of their drivers, and even if they do, they've got Theo share. As their lead academy driver. He's second in the Formula 2 championship right now. He's still, I think, only 19, 20 years old. They've got plenty of time. They don't have to rush putting Poor in there. And he's a nice driver to have in the Academy, ready to go, in case you do have to move on from one of your two drivers. So I don't see any reason why Drogovic would leap Poor in the queue when he's been then Poor has been their guy for a couple of years now. Williams. They tend to give their rookies more time, like like Nicholas Latifi. We all joke about Nicholas Latifi. He wasn't a particularly good F one driver, and that's me being generous, unfortunately. But he still got three years in the team. Now, how much of that was down to his financial assets? I don't know. And only you'd have to ask the Williams family on that one. But he did get three years in the seat. There's no getting around that. Williams don't seem like the sort of team that would hastily replace their drivers and move on from them quickly. That's just the impression that I get. I don't think... I don't like Logan Sargent hasn't been great, but I don't think he's been bad enough to warrant losing his seat at the end of the year. Um, if anything, he's actually gotten a little bit better as the as the year's gone on. I think he was solid in Austria; he was thirteenth. He was eleventh at Silverstone. That was the best drive he's had so far this this year. You could see the improvements um, a little bit. So I, again, I don't think they've got a big reason to move on from him. And as you said with Alpha Tauri liam lawson's right there like they have like i've I've said in other places liam lawson is your insurance policy in case daniel ricardo doesn't work out you can just plug lawson in like any other end of year scenario he gets a full off season and if it doesn't work out daniel ricardo can go back to broadcasting with bojack horseman everybody wins um so you look at the back end of the grid. I don't see an easy way in for for someone like Drogovic, who, again, is affiliated to another driver academy as it is. um, And that driver academy is for a team that I think is pretty unmovable. It's nothing to do with Drogovic's ability. I think he's a very solid driver. I think he stood in very well during the test earlier this year when Lance Stroll was suddenly injured and broke both his his wrists in that cycling accident. Um, I think that was a nice way to keep his name out there. But we all moved on very quickly because Stroll miraculously recovered and then took part in that debut Drove well, and like it was like, who's this Felipe Drogovic fella? We forgot yeah. he ever existed. Um, and he was just moved back aside again, and that was almost unfortunate. Um, in his case, so I'm gonna say two, and the reason I'm saying two and not one here is because funky things happen in driver markets. So we're talking about Nick the Freeze here, the Freeze. Probably shouldn't have been hired in the first place and then he only lasted 10 races. I mean, Pierre Gasly is the infamous Red Bull disaster story and he got 12. (laughs) But there's some perspective for you. So (laughs) I'm going to say too, funkier things have happened in this sport, but I think Drogovic, I think his career has been a little bit mismanaged. And I think he's now in a pretty unwinnable situation, unless something really funky happens at Aston Martin, where like Lawrence has to fire his son. And I don't think that's going to happen. I still think that's a bit of a long shot. How about you, Hannah?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I'm also going to give it a two. I think he has the talent and he's capable to be an F1. And I think he could get an F1 seat, but the opportunity I just feel like isn't quite there for him. There's not a gap. Yeah. And there's there's not quite a gap in the the grid right now for him, um, which is unfortunate, but I think that's just how it is really.
0: It's a bottleneck. I think it's a big bottleneck problem. I think the sport is set. I think we have 15 or 16 very, very secure seats in F1 at the moment. I think it's a very talented grid. We've been spoilt for young drivers in the last decade. Verstappen, Leclerc, Norris, Russell, Gasly, Sonoda, you know, Ocon, Carlos signs like that Verstappen era till now, that's the backbone of the grid now. Um, and it's good I don't think we're going to be getting these absolutely stupid crazy silly seasons like we did a couple of years ago like when Daniel Ricciardo ended up at McLaren and then signed it up at Ferrari Vettel going to Aston Martin that was the last really for me crazy silly season I don't, I don't think we'll have that for another couple of years yet I think we'll start seeing some moves maybe in a couple of years time before the next big regulation shift I think if you want to if you want to see a big city season, I think that's far more likely for me. Last take of the episode, and it comes from Kevin Guri free. And I think this one's gonna be a quick one. <laughs> it says Daniel Ricardo will get a podium.
1: Is it against the rules to give it a one straight away without any explanation?
0: Look <laughs> <Knock> yourself out.
1: <laughs> I feel like, okay, so, let's think about it. So far this season. We've had a couple of drivers who wouldn't normally be on the podium on the podium, Ocon in Monaco, Norris at Silverstone. Probably
0: the big one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not impossible. Um, But Alpha Tauri haven't really been strong enough to be that team that are ready and waiting to snatch opportunities for podiums when the top teams give them those opportunities. Um, And at the same time, they aren't quick enough to be on the podium on merit. So unless we see a really crazy race, a.k.a. Australia Grand Prix 2023, and even then the podium was pretty normal, was it, Max yeah. Hamilton, Alonso?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was still a pretty straightforward yeah. podium. Like so, the, the middle of the points were a bit more wacky, like Hulkenberg 7th yes, yeah. and things <laughs> like that, but like the, the podium was actually pretty bog standard.
1: Yeah, uh, so unless we see another race similar to that that actually did mix up the top, I I don't think Ricardo will get a podium. I don't think so.
0: Look... I love Daniel as much as the next guy, but we mm-hmm. all is, do. He has joined the worst F1 team on the grid. Alpha Tauri are stone dead last in the Constructors' Championship. Yuki Sonoda has had, in my opinion, a very good season so far. His best finish has been 10th. Like he maybe could have had ninth in Spain. He got that five second running somebody off the track penalty with Zhou Guan Yu. Could have gone either way. I think that was a marginal penalty. Um, so even at AlphaTaurian, it's maximum potential. I would say you're looking at ninth or 10th, minor points. Podium is a long shot, long, long shot for me. Um, As you said, Norris is at a podium, and that actually probably wasn't that big a surprise, if you remember what happened in Austria a couple of weeks prior, where... Norris was fourth after all the penalties shook out. And he's always gone well around Austria in general. It's one of his best tracks. Um, Ocon was probably the biggest upset podium we've had this year, um, given how great he was in qualifying. And that was a very unique scenario where in Monaco, qualifying tends to set the grid. Um, it's it's hard to make genuine progress. And this was with a wet Monaco it rained halfway through and we still had Ocon on the podium by the time it was all said and done. So uh, I str- again, stranger things have happened. But Alpha if in my opinion, is the worst team in F1 right now. You do not back a bottom feeder to end up on the podium. I just can't get there on this one. It's a one for me it would be a hell of a story and the 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 narrative talking would be off the charts. <laughs> That's if, just uh, why I would love it. Oh God like like Netflix would have a field day with that one. they like they'd be going ballistic over that. but it's gotta be a one. I like if Ricardo scores more than five points, that would be an excellent return for Alpha Tauri, given they've only had two for the whole of the season so far. So to get a podium finish, if for me, is just a little bit too spicy, even for me. It's a Carolina Reaper of a take. So I'm <laughs> going to say one on this one. How about you, Hannah? Again, yeah. you, you always said one, but um, anything yeah. to add?
1: Still giving it a one, that's all.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I, I cannot blame you on that one. Um, I, I completely understand that, you know, There's a lot of optimism in the house, but uh, can't quite get there on that one. And that'll do it for this episode of Hot Takes Wednesday. Don't forget the competition as well. All the details will be in the description down below. We'll be back next week after the Hungarian Grand Prix for yet more of your spiciest takes on Hot Takes Wednesday. I've been Dre Harrison. Thank you all very, very much for the recent support and good luck on the competition. Until then, from me and from Hannah Atkinson, we'll see you next week. Take care.
1: Bye.